Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. James Ham of the Insider, our King's Insider, of course. Kings take on some version of the Memphis Grizzlies coming up here uh, in a couple hours. We'll get to that game and whoever the hell is on the floor for them, but... Let's start with this, James. Kings have won three straight. Saturday was a real, like, starter-heavy game. We're seeing these just top-tier performances from Harrison Barnes. Kevin Herter's continuing this little run he's going on. What is going? What happened? Why has there been such a vibe shift with this team uh, in recent games? Yeah, it's definitely a strange one. So we talked about it earlier, Kyle and I, and like, look, we get to the 41 game mark and the Kings have a three-day weekend, which is weird. I'm not quite sure why they had a three-day weekend right then, uh, right at the midway point in the season. And I kind of feel like the way that the first half of the season went was very much focused on developing Keegan Murray. And, and really almost to, I don't want to say to the detriment of the other, uh, of some of the other players, but it was just a plan. Like in order for this team to be great down the road, they're going to need Keegan Murray to continue to take these gigantic leaps. There will come a time when, you know, it's okay for Harrison Barnes to average 10 points a game and for Kevin Herter to take a step back, but that's not now you know, that's, that's years down the road. If, if at all for Herter, I mean, just depends on how long he's part of the the starting five, but what I kind of, the feeling I got from this first half was that the focus so much became on, you know, your two centerpieces, which are Fox and, and Sabonis, but also like trying to get Keegan Murray to take these leaps. And by the, the time we get halfway through the season, I think he did. He's, he's taken a lot of huge steps. But at the same time, I kind of feel like Herter and Barnes quietly just sunk away. And since they weren't any focal point or they they weren't part of like the grand scheme that is the Kings development offense, they just, again, became lesser and lesser of what they thought they were supposed to be doing. They thought that they were supposed to take a step back, that they were supposed to allow this thing to happen. But I think, you know, it's one thing to to like sacrifice a little bit of yourself. It's a whole other thing to lose yourself. And and I think that that's what 
they did they both did and you know malik monk we can just throw him in here because malik monk doesn't care he doesn't abide by any rules he is the wild card he is chaos when it comes to the sacramento kings he's this this his his own entity and so that's why i feel like he wasn't affected by what was happening but the other two guys were and slowly kevin herter woke up and then out of nowhere it's like okay we probably should unleash harrison barnes and to go from two shots in one game to 20 in the next and then 24 in the game after that, it just doesn't make any sense. But it does if you look at it happened exactly after the midway point in the season where it's like, okay, like, look, we gave this to half half the season of development time. Now it's time to go, like, put the pedal to the metal. Now it's time to go win, and we need you guys to be more of who you have been in the past and forget everything that we've been doing in the second in the first half. And now I think the hope is that you have Keegan Murray developed further. And then these other two can start playing to their ability. And next thing you know, the Kings start to magically look like they did last year with just a better player in Keegan Murray. So one of the things that we're trying to figure out here, James is like, we, and I guess we'll, never really know like you did a great job of breaking it down but like how does this even happen is it a conversation is it a one-on-one conversation is it the team is it a team players only meeting like it feels like some type of air was cleared over that that time when they were off and is it that simple or is it literally just rest or did Harrison and and, uh, Kevin Herter come up with these things on their own I'm just still trying to figure out how we got to this point because it looks like a completely different team, completely different team. No, I, I totally get what you're saying, but I will tell you that if you go back and look at the front half of the season, so many of the plays that Kevin Herter was running, the DHOs off the top screen from uh, from Sabonis, so many of those went to Keegan Murray in the first half. And, and a lot of the plays that Keegan Murray, basically Harrison Barnes is playing the role of Keegan Murray. All Keegan Murray did last season, for the most part, is stand in the corner, right, and, and wait for the the open, wide open shot. Now he built some confidence up as the season went on and started, you know, bringing his game out more towards the top of the key. And like we had some instances, but realistically, this is kind of who Keegan was last year. Is what Harrison has been doing, and I think Harrison just took the role too seriously, like the the role of being a good vet who has to sacrifice and it just you know again it, it doesn't happen in one game or two games it happens over the the course of a month and sometimes two and then by the time we get to game 41 he had become such a shell of himself on the court on the offensive end that you know maybe maybe that three days they did have like a big conversation but it's not something that we've talked that we've heard about like there is some some sort of you know, whatever Malik Monk joked around after uh, the game last week that like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it, you know, we we practice three hours a day or something trying to get this right. And I'm not quite sure if if there was like a full fledged like coming to Jesus moment with this team where they're like, hey, we're just not good enough right now. But what I do know is that they've redistributed some of the opportunity. And that's a good thing because Harrison Barnes is still a ball player and Kevin Herter can really help this team. If, if 
he's given the proper incentive. And for me, some players, the proper incentive is to is to give them more shots, is to give them more opportunity to do what they are best at, because then they start rewarding you by giving you some of the other things that you need from them. Um, you know, Kevin Herter over the last, you know, maybe two weeks, rebound numbers are up, assist numbers are up. He's blocking shots. He's getting steals. Like his engagement in the game has completely changed. And I think part of it was Kevin got in his own head early in the season. But I think the other part is you just keep telling these guys, like, look, you can't just be a three-point shooter on this team. You have to do more. And I think it finally clicked with him. And then now we're starting to see it click with Harrison. I think it's it's interesting that, you know, Harrison Barnes starts scoring and next thing you know, he starts rebounding. You know, we're looking at a player who is at like one, two, three rebounds a game for yeah. a good portion of the season. All of a sudden, he's got a four in there. He's got a six in there. You're like, okay, wait a sec. He is taking these strides forward. So I think it, it's a really interesting way that this season has played out. But I want to see what the end product is. What do you look like at, you know, what do you look like game 60? What do you look like at game 82? What do you look like in the playoffs? And I think all of this is building up to that. This team can't progress unless they get Keegan Murray to progress greatly. And again, the, the last two games, he's defensive player of the game. That it just doesn't happen overnight, right? That that's a lot of work that was put into that kid, and a lot of work that he's done to get better. And that's part of the development of of a young player, especially a top four pick. James, are they literally like? grooming Keegan Murray into the player that they want him to be on the defensive end? Like, was this was this a big part of what he was in college? Was this a big part of why they drafted him? Or is this something that they started to see last year and thought, you know, with the right work, we could turn this kid into the, the defending, you know, three and D, for lack of a better term, wing that we have desperately wanted in this organization for a decade and some change. Yeah, you know what? Like, look, I think I had someone tell me last year that that both of the Murray twins they they looked at as very very young bodies, like they had they were late bloomers, and there was a lot of molding you could do with him physically. I don't think anyone thought like coming out of college. If you thought he was going to be a plus plus defender, I I think you're you're crazy. Like watching him in college watching the role that he had. I, I told you guys when they drafted him, the two things that won't translate most likely are his shot blocking and his rebounding. He's not going to average eight and a half boards a game. He can average six or seven, but he's not going to average eight and a half a game. And and he's not going to be anywhere near 1.8 blocks per game. And what we saw in, in, during this offseason is that he worked on his body so much that in a lot of ways, he looks like a different player out there. He moves differently. He he's even made the point that, you know, he he personally believes that he's just a much better athlete. And I don't I don't want to say that no one saw that coming, but it's very rare that a player just becomes a better athlete. But you can see it. You can see it on the court. It plays out. I mean, he's out there defending Luka Doncic. And sure, Luka dropped 73 the night before and probably, you know, has some tendonitis in his wrist and his elbow from shooting too much. But he's still like he got in the way he he defended him without fouling out uh you know he kept him at i don't know what it was 26 points 28 mm -hmm. points he took um, a lot of shots and, to get that too 
Yeah, and when a player scores 73 one night and barely clears 100 uh, combined between that night and the next night, I think he did a pretty good job. I mean, look at his shooting percentages. And and again, if Kyrie's not there, the only way they're going to beat you is for him to go crazy. So anyway, like, yeah, I, I think this is like how you set your franchise up. You spend a lot of time developing. I think spending time with De'Aaron Fox all summer, having him, you know, defend Fox is one of the most difficult things in the league. Um, but now you see how it translates. You see that he's able to defend a variety of defenders. When he came into the league, like he was more four than he was three, right? And now he can defend, defend ones and twos. And that's just not something that I think any of us thought he could do. Uh, certainly not me. Um, but now I, I look at him and go, okay, I don't know if you're going to be an all-league defender, but you certainly can be a plus defender. And you certainly can be a first or second best defender on a team which I think he already is, but it sure would help if they had like a true, just pure defender guy that would take some of the stress off of him and the other guys. But like the progress is, is happening. We're seeing it. I mean, he's gone from 12 points a game as a rookie. I know everyone's so excited about his rookie season. He averaged 12 points a game. Like that's really not all that much. And then for him to take this leap to 16, I don't think he's done. I think he'll keep going. I think he'll be closer to 17 and a half or 18 by the end of the season. And we're seeing the the process of growing a young player while being on a winning team and trying to achieve two goals at one time, bringing a player along and having him fit into what you're doing as you're trying to be great. So, yeah, really interesting to see how how the progress is going so far. So um, this is something that we were trying to figure out and what we thought might be best for this team moving forward. The way Harrison's playing now, the way Kevin Herter's playing now, is this real? Is this something that Monty McNair can look at and say, no, we figured some things out, we've readjusted roles and all this other stuff, and this is how these guys are probably going to play moving forward, and we don't need to make a deal. Or, damn, Damien just blinded me for a second, this guy. Whew, I, I'm just, I got distracted, I'm just trying to, do his radio show, and I got blinded by the, the guy's 1,400-carat uh, chain he's got over there. Okay. But uh, <laughs> now, now, you can check now, the – Now I got to You, I gotta, I gotta you can run it back. Up. You can see people in the chat saw it too. It just got crazy for a second. Nobody saw that. It's, I'm, run it back. Watch it. You'll see it. You'll see it. But uh, <laughs> is, is this a situation now where Monty McNair's like, well, maybe we just stand pat because we got these guys on the same page now, and we don't necessarily need to make – uh, a big game-changing deal. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be the the most difficult decision. Like I, I'll be honest, I was looking through different trade options today and seeing if there is a way you can get a deal done without including Harrison Barnes or Kevin Herter. Mm. And I didn't think I'd be doing that, uh, you know, like two weeks ago. But like things cha- uh, change quickly in the NBA. And like, look, Harrison Barnes is a valuable player. Like we've talked about this so many times that like my personal belief was that you made him the fifth option uh, of the starters and realistically the sixth option because you have Malik Monk coming off the bench and getting so many opportunities. And, you know, Harrison Barnes still has a lot to give. You can see the, you know, the shooting numbers hadn't changed at all. He's still shooting 48% from the field, shooting 41% from three. He just wasn't getting the opportunity. And I, I guess... You could say the more that you shoot, sometimes your percentages come down. But I'd also say that 
sometimes you need more shots just to get in rhythm. And I, I think it's interesting the way that this has worked out, but you kind of you kind of have to let this thing grow organically and see how it all like we have this is not the same team. The same seven or eight players are playing, but it's just not the same team. And that's okay because that's that's the NBA. Very rarely do you come back from an offseason, even if you have the same group, and see the exact same thing the next season. And this is just like the twist and turns that we've seen this season take. And like, look, I think it makes it really difficult for for Molly because once again, he didn't pull off the big trade two weeks ago. And now you're looking at a team that might find a rhythm. You know what happens if this team rattles off six, seven in a row? And you don't want to mess with that, right? Or do you? I mean, this should always be about the long term. And that's why I think giving a longer leash to Keegan Murray early in the season, it's about, it's not about today. It's about today and tomorrow and the next day. And that's how you have to think when you're, when you're a GM or when you're a head coach. And that's how you have to think when you're building a program, not just trying to put a team on the court that can win right now without any questions. You you know, real quick, I think, I think maybe I'm prisoner of the moment or whatever. I don't think I'm making a move now because I don't know <laughs> if there's a guy out there worth it. I'll put it to you like this. If Kuzma's on the table, yes, I make a move for Kuzma. Um, I'm still I'm, – I'm a little more bullish on Levine than others. I just got to see what it looks like a little bit. Nah, I don't think that's realistic. Mm. I got to I, – well, I'd have to see what the – but outside of those two, like – I I don't know if there's a deal out there that makes me say, hey, break this whole thing up or whatever. So because of that, I think I just kind of stand pat because they're also not awful as is. They're inconsistent, or at least they have been this year. But even with that inconsistency, it finds them eight games over five and fifth in the West. Yeah, it's confusing because – Three games ago, they were five games, 500 and seventh seed, and everybody was really concerned. Mm-hmm. And then four games before that, they were nine games over 500, and everyone was celebrating because it looked like they're right back on their path. Like, look, I don't think we should like be a prisoner of the moment with this team. Like, I, I think if anything, this season has shown you that this team is consistently inconsistent, and you need to figure out why that is. And sometimes that means you need to change pieces. And I don't mean all the pieces, but I certainly, this has always been about building something for the future for, you know, a sustained playoff run, six to eight year playoff run. You don't change your mind because three games into a, you know, the first 44 that the last three games, all of a sudden you started playing really well. You got to remember the same team that lost four in a row just a, a week ago. And so until they prove that that's not who they are and this is who they are and they show you that prolonged like stretch where you know they don't have to win every game but they need to show you that you know they can win on this road trip they can go 5 and 2 or you know 6 and 1 uh, that they can you know fight through some tough opponents that you didn't think they could but i'm not ready to change like the long term prognosis of this team because they have a three game win streak in, in january mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's that don't get too high, don't get too low on this team. But I think one thing that we could watch over the course, and really it's a week from Thursday, right? The trade deadline's a week from Thursday. That's why I kind of chuckle because I don't think you're wrong, but you've got a decision to make. Well, what I mean is, no, yeah, you do have it. Yeah, you do, but I think you can base it on what what we're seeing right now, because we, you know, uh, uh, James Casey brought this question to you a minute ago. It was something we were talking about earlier. Is if you're Monty McNair and you're this front office and you're watching what's happening on the floor right now, particularly with Harrison Barnes, and you see the run that Kyle Kuzma, uh, that um, Kevin Herter is on, knowing they'll they'll probably be a little bit more up and down for for Kyle Kuzma. For, oh my God, for Kevin Herter during the season. If you can ask your, if you can answer the question like, why is this happening? Why is this happening right now? And you can point to a discussion, a conversation, a practice, a meeting, a moment, and go, well, everything clicked for us in this moment during that stretch where we played one game in seven days. If you're Monty McNair and you're watching these games, wondering why is this happening now, then it's probably then you're probably not buying it. You're probably not buying what you're seeing from Harrison Barnes or the, the starters collectively. But if you can point to a specific moment, and I'm with you in that, I believe that they can, be it a grand moment or just a quiet conversation before or after practice, during practice, where everything seemed to click, that I think could go a long way in determining what the Sacramento Kings do over the next nine days, ten days, whatever it is. Well, I would say, too, I mean, that well, would have Kevin made a Herter lot more a, sense if I hadn't said Kyle Kuzma three times when I was trying to say <laughs> yeah. Kevin Herter. Sorry, James. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, like I think the problem that you have is that players will will tell you who they are, right? You just have to watch. You just have to wait for it. You have to you have to keep a your memory in the right spot, right? You can't just get all in and excited when you see something that's great because what you have to know is that eventually you could get right back to the point where you were before. Like there is usually a regression to the mean. There's also a way that a player who has averaged 15 points a game, a bunch of years in a row and who's averaging 10.6 will eventually get back to 15 points a game because unless he just went and got old out of nowhere or got put in a completely different situation than he's used to, that's probably who he is. He is that player until, until his body says he's not that player anymore. Right. And so with why I say that is, you know, it doesn't matter I, I, like how crass is something, but it doesn't matter that Harrison Barnes is rattled off like, you know, 95 points or whatever it was, 93 points over a handful of games. It, it doesn't really, because you still know who he is. You still have an idea of his limitations. You still know that he's not long enough and athletic enough to defend both the three and the four at this at the level that you need him to. So he can still be part of your program, but you still need that player. And and I would say the same thing about Kevin Herter. It doesn't matter how big of a hot streak Kevin Herter gets on. You have to remember the down the downswings that Kevin Herter goes through. And you know, we talk about you want to see this team become more consistent. Well, just one player, like in particular, has to become more consistent. And Kevin Herter, like we saw what happened for the six-week stretch last season. Same with Malik Monk, not just singling out Kevin Herter here because Malik Monk had the same exact thing last year. Uh, But then we saw what Kevin Herter looked like in the playoffs. We saw what Kevin Herter looked like in the first 
say 35 games of the season, like three games or five games or eight games of Kevin Herter playing like he did for some little stretch that he did last season, it shouldn't really change your, your mind Mm -hmm. unless he's able to do it for like two years. I now have a track record record of him having a downswing and knowing what that downswing looks like and knowing that there's really very few things that you can do to get him out of that downswing. And so like, that's that's a problem. You know, you can't forget what happened in the playoffs and then go back and look at his previous three playoff series and go, oh, okay, that's a trend. That's not something that happened. Mm-hmm. And so, like, again, it, it's it's tough, but, like, at a certain point, if you're going to be a team that continues to take strides forward, you have to be honest about what your team is and who your players are, and you need to make sure that, you know, you're you're not all in on – De'Aaron Fox averaging 31 points a game. You can be all in on him averaging 27 or 25. 25, he's done a bunch, a couple of times now. He's shown you that he can be that player where, you know, I think that's the beauty of Demonis Sabonis. You know exactly what you're getting each and every night. Like there's a big Sharpie pen that you get to pencil in for what you're, that you get to pen in. You know, you can even tattoo it in on what you're going to get from your center position. But all of these other Empty players still have their variables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, to me, like the empty calorie thing, I, I, you know what, like at what point, because I know who said that, like at what point does it, your star player who, who scored what, 33 points, or whatever, dribble the ball out of bounds to end the game or dribble the, gave the ball away to end the game. At what point do you say that, like, it doesn't matter how much Steph Curry averages, he's, he's a good player on a bad team. Or a great player on a bad team, because uh, to be honest with you, that's what he is at this point. Now, I'm not saying that Steph Curry's empty calories. I just don't believe that a guy who's an All NBA player, a guy who took a team to the playoffs for the first time in 16 years, he, is an empty calorie player. What to was me, the new one? He's Troy Murphy. Yeah, yeah, called him Troy Murphy. Yeah, that's it. It's just <laughs> so disrespectful. It is. I mean, it, it's so disrespectful because. <laughs> you you have a team that that has an empty calorie player mm. and you know you could say whatever like Steph Curry's one of the greatest players of all time but man Andrew Wiggins all but like a two month period of his entire career has been an empty calorie guy mm. he has so like I, I don't know it, it, it's tough I, I just I wish people wouldn't use terms like that that are so disrespectful especially for a player who not only puts in the work but has shown a level of consistency that is incredible. He finished seventh in MVP balloting last year. And if it was like, if you look at the NBA ladder right now, he's seventh in their ranking for MVP. Like this is an exceptional player who posts a double, double every single night and a triple double every second or third night. Like just don't be disrespectful. Uh, that's what I, I don't get. I mean, you're, you're talking about a really, really good player on a really good team. And uh, to me, that is just a joke. We got James all fired up. I like it. <laughs> pissed off James Ham. We'll talk. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Kings fans are going to be pissed off if the Kings lose tonight. That injury report for the Memphis Grizzlies is wild. James is going to give us a breakdown on who exactly the Kings are playing tonight. When D'Lo and Casey return here. I'm being facetious. He's very not. We have no idea who they're playing tonight. <laughs> Playing some sort of G League team, I think. It's Steelo and KC, brought to you by Sky River Casino, where we will be on Friday, live. Live show, 
watch party. All the details coming up here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Y'all can keep fighting if you want to. No, no fights. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. I'm just right. defending the honor of Kyle Kuzma. Well, um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's part of the any, any equation. When you're going out and trading for players, you have to look at like you have to look at age, you have to contract, you have to look at potential fit. You also have to look at personality and how they might fit or how they might not, whether a player would be happy in your city, whether he wouldn't. You know, these are all things that come into a larger puzzle that you have to figure out. And I don't think, you know, that's kind of what we're debating. Like some of these players, you know, Kuzma decided to go sign a four year deal to go back to Washington. And maybe that's where he wants to play for the next four years. And Jeremy Grant, like he has ties in Portland and mm-hmm. that's why he isn't saying, Hey, go ahead and get me out of here right now. Uh, so it, it's all complex. Like it's, it's not just as cut and dry as hopping on the trade machine. Very true. Uh, We're going to be live out at Sky River Casino this Friday if you want to come through. The show will be live from 12 to 4. Then we're going to hang around because there's a game at 4.30. The Sacramento. Tyrese might be back. It looks like Tyrese and and, uh, Pascal Siakam could be on the other end of the floor for the first time uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Of course, it didn't matter the last time. They lost anyways. uh, So they're due for some revenge uh, this time in Indiana. It was a different just Kings a different, team. Just, just a, a different Kings same team. Same exact guys. Yeah, just a different team. Different it was team. only a week ago, too. A very different team. week and a half ago. <laughs> it was, Ten days ago. You could, totally different, different team. team. You could make an argument. That was the game that put us in the position we are in now because that was the game that Keegan Murray had 27, DeMontis Sabonis had 21, Kevin Herter had 31, De'Aaron Fox had 24, and Harrison had two. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He had two, one, and one. He was one of two, and since then, he scored 90-some-odd points in the last three games. 6-6 six, six, out of North Carolina. 6-6. <laughs> six, six. What is it, 6-8 or something, man? Yeah. 6-8. Six, six. Just <laughs> kind of half smiling to the, to, to, you know, given guys are talking now. 
doing post game, talking to Sean Cunningham, talking <laughs> to the reporters. Just everything is fine. Everything is awesome. Of course, vibes could die quick tonight against whatever these Memphis Grizzlies are 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 marching out there. But but James, I pointed this out um, earlier when we were talking about this, and it does seem. I was the first one to say it here before every – well, obviously. not in the world, but just on the show. Like I, I said at first that this looks like a completely different team, right? So I I said that. But you could make the argument, aside from two or three games, a game here or there, they've been playing good basketball for almost like three weeks now. Mm. And Philly and Indiana were Yeah, the Philly and Indiana are the ones that stick out. But and and then you lost against Milwaukee, you lost against Phoenix. But I thought you played good basketball. Mm-hmm. So is is all of this kind of been overblown in your eyes? Have they been trending up for a while, but maybe didn't have the wins to go with it? But now they've got the wins, and it just feels a little different. I don't know if a while is the right answer, uh, because let's be honest, like Philly played without Embiid, and. You know, Indiana played without Tyrese Halliburton and they had like eight other players that were like part of a trade and couldn't play. So like those are very unserious losses, you know, where where you're just looking around like how how could you let that happen? Like Philly, sure. Philly's still a good team, but mm-hmm. like is really Tobias Harris that good of a player? I mean, throughout his career, he's been a solid NBA player, but he's not an all-star. And you let him go out there and look, you know, like Paul George on steroids. So uh, I don't know. Um, it, it's tough because I look at those losses, the three losses in a row outside of the the Milwaukee, I mean, the uh, the Philly loss. And to me, those were really important losses. They were losses in which you were trying to figure out, again, how to win games and win games in a serious fashion, not win games by by 15 or 20. Uh, and, you know, you can look at the league this year. The league is weird. Like, whatever is happening in the league, I'm not sure. But, like, every single night, there are five or six teams that are scoring 130 points. Yeah. And that's just, you know, you look at the offensive ratings, and, again, the Kings would be, like, last year's, you know, offensive rating would be, like, seventh in the league right now. And, of course, it was the record-setting offensive rating. But then you look at the defensive ratings, and the defensive ratings across the board are just horrific. There's, like, a couple of teams playing defense in the league. And even the team that has played defense, Minnesota, they just got called out for losing to Charlotte by their head coach because they were unserious and just sat there and tricked off a game where one of their players scored 60-something was hunting hunting shots. Mm -hmm. So like, I just think the league is weird and odd. And what you have to do is when the, the league gets wonky and crazy like this, you need to find a way to be like steady and just keep climbing and ignore everything else that's happening. And I'm hoping that that's where the Kings are right now. But to be honest with you, I, I have no idea. Like any game could be a step back game. You talked about what they're going to face tonight. Like they have no idea. Like outside of Jaron Jackson Jr., which I, I think you can take him away or you can just dare him to try to beat you from the three-point line. The rest of this team is just odd. I mean, they they started like a power forward at, at point guard last game and and a small forward at shooting guard. And then both of those players are either questionable or doubtful for tonight. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is no rhyme or reason. This team is a mess as far as uh, 
Memphis, you have no idea. But the, the fact is, if the Kings go in and just play Kings basketball and forget about everything else that you're seeing on the other side of the court, just be who you are, you should beat this team by 50. This isn't an NBA team right now. Like, not to be disrespectful to some of these guys, but like they're either signed off the street or, uh, you know, they're two way players or, or something else. And like they might have two rotational NBA players that play tonight. That's a team you have to just like, you have to dominate them so badly that it doesn't even matter that the game's over in the third quarter in the first two or three minutes of the third quarter where you say, Nope, we're not going to let you make any run and it's over. Mm -hmm. But who shows up and who doesn't? That's the question with this Kings team. And, you know, if you don't, this team can bite you. They barely lost last night by six points in Indiana. But third game, four nights, back to second night of a back to back. Half of their players are out. Actually, it's more. It's 10 players are out. They had to sign a guy off the street this afternoon just to get to eight. That's crazy. That is. Am I bugging him? The Kings last now four opponents been on the second night of a back to back? Maybe maybe Atlanta wasn't. Golden State was. Yeah. Dallas was. Yeah. And now Memphis is. Atlanta was. I thought. Were they? I can't remember where they played. Did they play? In Probably would have been Golden State, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't know. But no, they played in Golden. That was that was Golden State's back to back. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Maybe they right. weren't on a back to back. Um. Well. It's it's I don't know that that doesn't mean anything. That's just an interesting scheduling quirk. I gotta find a way to make that a negative for the Kings to say the NBA hates them. Give me a <laughs> second. Work on it. No, it's fine. Give me you, a second. You, you can work on find it. Find a way. You got time. Hey, Memphis is they're eighteen and twenty six. They're way better than I thought they would be at this point. With they actually, the, well, they got some of those their, wins with Ja. Yeah, like they went on a they, they went like four. They look five like or six games. yeah, they look like a legit basketball yeah. team when Ja Morant returned. Um, and then all and the then, wheels fell off. Yeah, and then it just it just one, got bad. One of their losses with Ja was to the Kings. Kings beat them down in Memphis on New mm -hmm. Year's Eve. Yeah, so they need to do more of the same here tonight. Uh, back to New Year's Eve. That was uh that was a Malik Monk game. Uh, De'Aaron Fox had twenty four in that one. You think? I I speculated whether De'Aaron maybe lost his what was already kind of a sketchy all-star nod um, over that like tough stretch, but he's back to playing. I have no idea when the coaches make these selections, but I do know they will, they will be announced on Thursday. Do you think one King gets named two Kings get named zero Kings get named? What do you think happens on Thursday when the all-star reserves are announced? I think at least one, but I also think there's possibility for both. So like the, I think the balloting didn't have to be in until today, uh, either today or yesterday, um, uh, for these players may it, so like, I think that there's a possibility that they get both because if, if I'm looking at the top teams in the West, right. I could make the case that the Kings big two is as good or better than most of the other teams, big twos. Like I, there's no one you're going to put in the all-star game along with, um, along with Jokic, right? And Anthony Edwards deserves to make the all-star team, but Cat statistically really take him up against not only Sabonis, but Anthony Davis and like a bunch of other players. And and I don't think he's there statistically. Uh, we get to Anthony Davis. LeBron James is already in the all-star game. Anthony Davis is on a on a losing team or, or a team that's not very good right now. Mm. 
at the bottom of the Western Conference. So my point is that, like, again, Kyrie and Luka, you can't give it to Kyrie because Kyrie has missed so many games. It's ridiculous. Uh, Steph Curry's going to get in, but, you know, like how many of these other players are just going to get like a free pass? I think Kawhi Leonard gets in, um, but does Kawhi Leonard and Paul George get in? So I think that the Kings tandem is really strong. If you're really looking at like, you got a guy who's averaging 27 and a half a game and on paper that should get him either in the all-star game or really close to it. And you could say, Oh, well, Devin Booker didn't get in last year and he, you should make up for it this year. Well, they already have the representation in KD and the Kings are above Phoenix in the standings, although it's slightly above. And I think raw stats wise Fox and, and Booker are very similar. So like I could make the case for both of them getting in. I think if if I think one of them is going to get in and the other one's not, I was kind of weird because um, like I would not have thought this before, but I, I think Fox gets in because I think the the voters, you know, they understand that they didn't vote him in last year, and he was an injury replacement and probably deserved to be there. Um, but I also know that Sabonis was a third team All NBA player and Fox was a third team All NBA player, and they haven't gotten worse; they've gotten better. And their team is the exact same as it was last year. Like the where they're at in the standings, exactly the same. And after tonight, there's a good chance they'll be one game ahead where they were last year. So I, I think that there is a possibility they both get in. Uh, Sky River Casino, Friday, February 2nd, live show, uh, followed by a watch party. I bring that up because on that show, we will have a discussion of some sort because the All-Star Reserves are announced February 1st. so Indeed. We'll, we'll, yes, indeed. we'll figure it out at that point. We'll either be celebrating two or one or complaining about none or one. And De- I think that you know people talk about Book missing last year's. De'Aaron was an add-on last year, and it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that except for the fact he shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to Jaron Jackson Jr., Jaron Jackson Jr. should have been the add-on. And I felt like that was the coach's, we've got to account for defense. Yeah, okay, explain what we're seeing in the league this year if you guys are trying to, well, we've got to reward defense somewhere because none of you hoes are playing it. Well, you know, well, well, that goes to what James just said. Hell, Adrian Griffin got fired at 30-13 and 13 because his team said he wasn't playing defense enough. Yeah, but, that, mm-hmm. but that, that may go to what James was just talking about possibly where they may look at somebody like Rudy Gobert and put him on there ahead of Sabonis. Should they? Absolutely not. But just saying. There's just no buzz. I I didn't think there was buzz for Jaron Jackson. (laughs) Who wanted to see him in the That was an RKO out of nowhere. Nobody asked for that. Yeah, that was a tough one. I I mean, Sabonis clearly should be on there ahead of Rudy Gobert, but, you know, sometimes these guys see the game different. He should be on there above Anthony Davis. But that's yeah. that's what we're like. They're gonna keep Anthony Davis out of the All Star game? Probably not. Uh, they probably should. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the record. Look at where they are in the standings. And again, you have representation. Like LeBron's there. Why do you need to add another player? Oh, hey, look. And the elephant in the room. We talked about it a little bit. I'm no, not advocating for it. But the elephant in the room. Steph Curry shouldn't make the All Star team. Now he will, and he's Steph Curry. The reason why no, he's making it is because he's Steph that. Curry. 
He's not having a better season there than De'Aaron Fox. I don't think he is either. But I think yeah, he would make it over. Nineteen De'Aaron. and twenty-four. Well, well, yeah, you're probably right. I don't think he's having a better season than Ant Man. I don't think he's having a better season. Ant Man's going to make it. Then uh, Tim Booker. That's, Tim Booker. That's, why? I don't. I don't care about Booker. That's that's the one where you're always just going to hang me up. But he'll make it, and he's Steph Curry, so I have no problem with it. But and Steph did have 46 the other night. Goodness gracious. Well, Booker had 63. I know. They both <laughs> lost. But that's not even what I went to look at. I was like, what did Anthony Davis do in that game? He had 29. Torian mm. Prince had zero. <laughs> they played almost <laughs> two games. Zero. <laughs> well, he only played 24 minutes in those games, and – Jared Vanderbilt very famously played in that one as he was the ire of uh, Draymond Green's antics, who, say it again, Draymond ain't going to make it. Draymond beat the hell out of Anthony Davis. It was like, I ain't nothing to look at. Draymond getting suspended <laughs> Smacked again. the hell out of this dude. So Draymond's new thing is, I don't know if you've caught this because he did it to Malik, his new thing is to foul you hella hard and then pat your ass. That's his new mm. thing. That's the way, that's what he does. To, hey, I'm cool. I'm a cool. <laughs> I just punched Anthony Davis, the guy who I share an agent with in the freaking face, but I'm going to pat him on the ass and everything's going to be fine. He did the same thing to Malik Monk. Yeah, he's been like, he's like, a, like this, serially like doing it. Yep. That's his thing. Yeah, that's, that's what call. he's doing. That's a good call. That is. That's what call. he's doing. That's, that's his... I think they taught that in anger management. That's what it is. Hey, punch punch <laughs> the him. The anger management ass pat. Yep. That's. Anchor management ass pat. That's what it is. That's a good observation that's right. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what he's doing. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Now, I don't know. Even the even Doris Burke was like, that's a flagrant foul. <laughs> it's clear as day. You a, can't hit a player in the face. Just beat the hell out of him. That's practice. It's hilarious. You see him, he'll go and he'll swing, like just clothesline you in the face, and then he'll pat you on your ass like, oh, my bad, bro. And it's just, we're good. No, he doesn't even say my bad. I'll just, you know, <laughs> tough foul. <laughs> the, funny thing, foul. the funny thing about that is, he had the nerve, the audacity to mock uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Who's <laughs> like, hey, you need to look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, go look at that. Like I did anything to him. Bro, you beat the crap out of him. <laughs> I, I I cannot stand that human being. He is the absolute worst. He is an he's, he's an the, the Golden State Warriors should be embarrassed. Like he's an embarrassment to that basketball team. You got Steph Curry trying to drag your sorry carcass to a respectable season, and you got that jackass out there. Unbelievable. Oh, man. James, who the hell are these guys on the Memphis Grizzlies? Man, I don't know. I don't know at all. Like, we we went through the list today, and Kyle and I, and it's like they have two of their top, like, 12 guys in minutes played. So, uh, so John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, uh, Zaire Williamson, John Conkar, Derek Rose, Jalen Noel is no longer there. Um, Jake LaRavia, all those guys are, are out. Bismack Biombo was waived. Uh, I think Kenny Lofton Jr. was waived at some point. So we're going to get to see, uh, Vince Williams Jr., the league just submitted a the Grizzlies just submitted a record. We changed our mind about Bismack Biombo. Can you send him back to Memphis for a night? <laughs> That's right. Uh, Santi Aldama will play. Oh, okay. uh, Xavier yep. Tillman. Oh, uh, yeah. Xavier Tillman. Yep. Yeah, he'll play. Uh, Jalen Noel is on the Stockton Kings, so he won't be there. Uh, Jacob Gilliard uh, will play. 
Uh, Scotty okay. Pippen Jr. will play. Oh, Greg Scottie Jackson the second. Scotty uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. Scotty Pippen Jr. has played three games this year. Just for those. Curious. Yeah. But go ahead. Well, that and, and Greg Jackson uh, the second. Um, Gregory Jackson the second. Um, not to be confused with Greg Jackson Senior, mm. which who knows who that is. That's why. But I'm glad uh, you, I didn't. You know, I wasn't sure at first. Thank you. Yeah, like I mean, none of these players have played, so I mean, there is a little bit of a danger. Did and, you see? Did you um, say Gregory Jackson Jr.? He's not even on their ESPN roster. Yeah, Gre- Gregory Jackson the second. <laughs> yeah, he's not on their roster. He's not on their well, ESPN I, roster. I believe he played last night, um, but well, they again, may, they just haven't taken the time to add him to this. What's the What's the team? The G League team, the Sixty Sixers, or the Spirit of Sixty Six, or some. Or the Memphis Blues or the Memphis Hustle. No, Hustle. it's Hustle. Memphis Hustle, yeah. That's that's who the Kings are going on going against tonight. No disrespect. It just is what it is. They all play for the hustle. It, so is they better figure out a way. Is Shaquille Harrison playing tonight? Who is Shaquille Harrison? No, I don't think Shaquille. I don't think he's who's Shaquille Harrison? Are you kidding Shaq me? Harrison? No. Shaq Harrison? I know Shaq. One Thompson. of the Harrison brothers. Shaq Harrison has played three games this year, sir. He's averaged two minutes I, in those three games. I just bad. think I it's crazy that, game. you know, last night they had John Conkar and David Roddy as their starting backcourt, and one of those guys, <laughs> again, is, made is up. a power None of these and... names are on ESPN's page. None of them. There's John Conkar. Uh, there he is. All right. We found one. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Like, again, they, they had to pick up a guy, and they had to pick up a guy. I don't even know what, who this guy is at all um, just to get to eight tonight mm. so yeah guys don't lose Jared jackson game, jr's please. playing yeah, man y'all gotta handle business here tonight. yeah and just preferably i know how you guys are sometimes don't let this be particularly close either no. just no just handle business please do that handle business harrison go for 40 well you know that's uh, a given. and then and then you know maybe maybe we can get some you know keon ellis minutes or kobe jones or something and Kessler, get back in there. Yeah, I don't care. Just don't, don't, don't mm. do the thing that you do. Six, please, not from North Carolina. Don't do the things. That we'll set um Harrison Barnes over under at twelve points today. Is he going over or under today? Over. Oh, he's over. going over. Uh, he's going over. James, wow, I would have never said that fourteen days ago. Over, I believe. Wow, we're all taking the over. Harrison's N- back. No player in the starting lineup scored under fifteen on Saturday. Harrison's back. Mm. He's back. Back to what? If he scores, Back let's say life. Serious question: If he scores like fifteen to twenty again today, or like you know, decent amount today, like are you guys, like are you guys, like thinking like they got him back? Like um, I don't know, <laughs> Jesse. I have no clue. I'm just trying to produce. We got. I have a minute no left. idea. I have no idea what we do <laughs> with Harrison Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what we do if Harrison Barnes scores twenty again. <laughs> I, I like. I, I don't even know what to I say tomorrow if they win this game. He's back to civilization. All right. He was he was uh he was at Burning Man for half the year. Are you taking the over? Uh, I'm feeling kind of under. I don't it's know. You can't game? trust this guy. I'm gonna go under today. It's a trap, Harrison. I'm gonna go Marshall under. Department? I'm gonna go under. Tra- you're going, going under twelve. Over. Under twelve. Oh, he's calling the trap. So we got to put wrong, it. Harrison. We got to put it at twelve and a half. So you're going under twelve and a half. Okay. I'm going over. I'm All calling right. it a trend. Okay, you got this, we're 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 going over to one zero two five. If you want to come join us, we've got a lot going on over there, including tickets to see Justin Timberlake and Bruce Bruce. And then we'll be back tomorrow.
Oh, man. It's either going to be a seismic meltdown or we'll be talking about the Kings' four straight victory. Make sure you're tapped in beginning at 10 a.m. with the insiders. By the way, the Kings are going to the – I mean, the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Really? Yes. I'll have to run that first segment of this show back just to be sure here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos, Kings, like the beam. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 